Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of Blue Bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. Yes, sir. We are back. Blue Bloods is back. It's Here the we 2022 go. college football season. Brandon, Here we you know, go. I was I was looking. So we are two weeks out from our one year anniversary of the first ever yep. episode of the Blue Bloods podcast. Isn't that crazy? Yes, I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking about that earlier. Like we actually made it an entire season plus an off season. The off season, I think, is where we were like, "What's going to happen? Are we going to navigate the off season yep. well?" And I think we navigated the off season well. Here's the good news, though. The good news is there's a lot of people waiting for the Blue Bloods College Game Time yes. podcast to come back. I received a yeah. lot of texts from, and that's just not, you know how people really say they say that, but that's not really happening. Right. That's like actually <laughs> happening, though. <laughs> like, people are like, well, okay, so when do you guys come back? Yeah, because we, we threw some teasers out over the summer. We had some good interviews. If you haven't heard those, I'd encourage you to go listen. I mean, we've had some Super Bowl champions, national champions. Uh, even if you just go to our YouTube and look at some of the clips. Like, if anything, go watch the <laughs> Bethel Johnson clip. Like, just go watch it. That might have been my favorite interview over the entire offseason. <laughs> Dude, I had someone text me after that one released. They were like, bro, this is my favorite episode ever. Like, y'all's, like, just, they, they talked about a few things throughout, and they were like, this dude is awesome. So, yo, I don't think I said more than like 10 words that entire episode. <laughs> We didn't really have to. Like it yeah. was perfect. Like we just kind of threw something out there. And anyways, he did a he did a great job with us. Uh, and then and then we had Vincent Valentine. We had Events. Jonathan Scott. We threw yep. another episode in there in July just because recruiting was getting so hot. So we did a little special there. episode. But I think we kind of started to find our identity. We're we're definitely college football driven. So we go, yep. you know, we'll, we'll be here. Like the season is getting ready to start. So the Blue Buzz podcast is here on a weekly basis uh, from now until at least National Signing Day. Um, and then and then I think if we kind of follow our same routine, we'll be back for, for a March Madness special uh, episodes. Yep. And then uh, and then we just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, off season again. We'll, we'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Year two. We'll Year two. <laughs> That's right. But uh, y'all know the drill for the weekly episodes. So, so this this uh, this episode, we're gonna start a two part uh, season preview. Okay, we've got um, we're gonna go through each conference, and we're gonna give you our prediction for that conference, mm-hmm. our dark horse, <clears throat> our sort of long shot team to bounce back, um, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, a hot take for that particular conference. I think on this week's show we're going to do big 10 sec big 12 next week uh going into week zero which i almost got goosebumps just saying that like we're, we're almost here, baby. at week zero <laughs> we will do uh 
Pac-12, ACC, along yes. with just some general season predictions, our playoff predictions, our you know Heisman prediction, things of that nature. And uh, yeah, so before we get into it, though, B. Holmes, I got to ask this. Like, this is very important. What yeah. What's your latest NCAA 14 dynasty you got going right now? All right, so check this out. So we were texting. So originally I went back and did the Michigan thing, but I started with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, okay. but I could only recruit kids who had um, academic prestige in their top three. Okay. And currently I'm in year five of my dying. So I do this thing, like the first four years I don't play defense because I take as a college football coach model, you don't it takes about four years to really build your program. So mm. I don't I don't do that. Then after four years I play only defense in games where teams are ranked. But if I'm an SEC, that's like every week. So I think this past season, my year four, I'm like, I went eight and four, eight and five. A nice bowl game win. I got to have a uh, top 15 recruit as a quarterback that came in last year. So he's entering into his true sophomore year. Run the pistol offense. Um, looking to make some noise, potentially challenge for the um, – the SEC crown this year, and I actually update all my conferences, so I have Texas yes. and OU and the SEC the as SEC. well. So that that's kind of where I'm at right now. It actually makes it so much harder because you're like, as you win, it already helps that I'm in the SEC, so a lot of kids get interest. But then right. you're like, most of them don't have academic prestige. So it makes it challenging because like mm. my starting free safety is like a 68. But here's the cool thing that I've noticed. It's like, if you can get them in like the mid to high 60s by year four or their redshirt senior year, they could be high 70s, low 80s, which is equivalent to a five-star recruit um, mm. coming out of high school. So, you know, you, you just <laughs> you, you, you plug and develop, and hopefully we win a couple games we shouldn't win every year. <laughs> well, this is really heating up for me because we are officially – less than a year before the new NCAA comes out. Can't wait. Which Bar I Scott mean, boys. waited over 10 years for this. I bought a PS5 like a year and a half ago. It was in March. It was on spring break. And I remember I got up at like 4 a.m. and watched this YouTube video of this guy explaining what to do when the drop happens at Target. And I literally yeah. had it on my iPad and I was like doing exactly what he said and I got one. And wow, I haven't played it, <clears throat> but maybe once or twice in the year and a half that I've had it because I literally <laughs> got it for the new college football game that's, that's coming out next summer. And uh, But I have cracked open the old PS. God, it's not even a PS4. It's a, it's, uh, I guess PS3 is, it a two is or three? what... A three? I think it's three that NCAA's on. I'm I got Idaho right now. I, I'm in a I'm in an Idaho uh, dynasty. Uh we we are very much a pass heavy team. I, I don't get too glued to one playbook. I try to just, you know, build my team and then find what's gonna best fit my personnel. Kind of kind of the Bobby Petrino style, right? I'm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my players in and then find the best way to get them the ball. So I'm right now I've got this just I had a uh, when I took the Idaho head coaching job from my days as a coordinator, because I usually <laughs> spend some time as a coordinator to build up my recruiting prestige. And then literally when I first 
got the job, I got a transfer who was like an 80 quarterback coming from mm. Maryland. And oh, yeah. Like, dude, no, he's a 99 now. And I thought he was going to go pro because I was going to take another job. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he came, he came back. So I have a 99 quarterback now with my oh. top three receivers, 90-plus speed, acceleration, and agility. So I'm about to go off. Big gear head. Big gear yeah. head. This is I, <laughs> you know those seasons when you're like, yeah. you're kind of like, this okay, is my when, year. Can I get, when can I get back on this game? And like, right, right. <laughs> All right, daughter's gonna be in school. I got this going on. Right. Okay, okay. Like I've already tried to fit it in it here. Out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow's uh, my game day. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. I got the Idaho Idaho Vandals. Uh, hopefully, set for a big year, and then I think I'll take a. You know, because technically they're an FCS team right now. So in my they own are. my own narrative, you haven't did the I'm, update where you've moved all the teams, the newer teams in. No, I don't know how to do any of that. Or gonna, like the the revamped version. I don't know how to do any of see, that. I don't know how to do the revamp. There's a guy in my job. I actually told I would pay him because if he could do it for me, because I don't have time. Kyle Grosso, if you are listening, can you speed that up? I actually like two weeks. <laughs> hey, send us no, your dynasty stuff. updates. If you're an NCAA 14 guy or gal, send us uh, what's your dynasty right now. Hit us on socials. Um, if you're watching right now, put it in the comments. Leave us a comment. You you missed the college football video games. Are you ready for next summer? And um, I'll keep you posted on on what happens in the old Idaho Vandals. And uh, yeah, B's going to keep us, some updates. Keep, 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 keep us posted on the old Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> Was it the Commodores? Is that what they are? The Commodores, man. The Commodores. All right, dude. Let's get into the Big Ten. I know this is your conference. I actually feel pretty locked and loaded for this discussion on Big Ten. Oh, me um, too. And 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 especially when we get into the dark horse and the bounce back. But um, just a reminder: we're going to follow the template. We're going to each make a prediction of who wins the conference. We're going to predict a dark horse. How are we defining a dark horse? A dark horse is somebody that is not considered a favorite. Um, or, or that surprise team that could come in and win the conference. Uh, I think for the Big Ten, if I had to name who the favorites would be, I'm going to say Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. I mean, you could even throw in like like uh, a Michigan State, and I feel like there's a team I'm missing, maybe even an Iowa, Iowa. just because those teams have competed either mm -hmm. one a Big Ten championship or been in the Big Ten championship, uh, you know, within the Relatively last, soon. yeah, within the last five, seven, ten years, maybe you could, you could take it back that far. But those are teams I would not consider dark horses if they win. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree with that? I completely agree. Okay. So that's kind of our, our template for choosing a dark horse. And then the bounce back, you know, every conference has their long shots. Yep. Um, and this is kind of, here's how I want to define bounce back for, for all of these discussions. It's either a team that had a losing record last year that we're anticipating to be bowl eligible or to, to bounce back this season, right? or a team who performed much lower than what their recent history has been. Yes. And now we're expecting them to bounce back to their normal standard. Let me give you yeah. an example. Let's just say hypothetically last year, Alabama 
went 10 and three and won the Birmingham Bowl, right? Pretty much every other, a lot of other teams in the country, that's a phenomenal season. But for Bama, for like Bama, that's a disappointment. So now, Bama. obviously, Bama did not do that. I'm just saying as an example of what could what could fit the criteria for a bounce back. It doesn't always have to be a losing yes. record to bowl eligible. It can be so. And then finally, a hot take. So yep. I'm gonna let you kick it off since this is your uh, this is your neck of the woods in the Big Ten country. All right. So prediction of who will win. We were starting to text about it yesterday, and I held back on a lot of stuff we were texting about because I knew we were jumping on the pod today. Because <laughs> I, was, I was starting to get fired up. On my... So <laughs> we had a discussion about who will win. Now, those who listen to the Blue Bloods College Game Time podcast know I'm a pretty objective fan of my team. I think I, I tried to come into it with uh, objectivity, and I'm very honest about who's the best team in the conference. I believe on paper the best team in the Big Ten by far, is Ohio State. I think we can't argue that. I think they're the most talented team in the Big Ten, by far. Well, not by far, but they're the most talented team. Sure. But with that being said, here's what I'm going to say. And I have strong cases why I believe this, outside of my fandom. I believe Michigan repeats. Mm. Now, I was... I really stopped and paused and asked, was this just me drinking the blue Kool-Aid after we had a year last year? So I took time. I thought about it. Here's why, right? Because I know everyone's going to say Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. So let me let me put this out in advance. I'm not denying C.J. Stroud's going to throw for 300 yards every game. Easy. Every game he's going to. At least. Yeah. At least. He's going to throw for 300 yards every game. Jackson Smith and Nigba, if he was draft eligible, would have been a top five pick, at least a top ten pick last year. I'm going to say top five. Marvin Harrison Jr., Solid, Travion Henderson, solid. We know they bring in Jim Knowles. So, like, I've heard all the arguments, right? So, I'm not denying. Here's why I believe Michigan repeats as Big Ten champion. So, first and foremost, probably the most experienced team in the Big Ten. Returns 19 fifth and sixth year guys. 24 fourth year guys. Lost nobody from the impactful recruiting class of 2021. Mm. Now, everyone's going to say this to me. Brandon. They lost Aiden Hutchison, the number two overall pick. I acknowledge that. Brandon, they lost Josh Ross. I acknowledge that. Brandon, they lost Daxton Hill, who's a first-round overall pick. I acknowledge that. Brandon, they lost Hassan Haskins, who ran all over the the Ohio State back uh, defense last year. I acknowledge that. Here's my rebuttal, Trey. And the other edge rusher. Ojabo. They lost Ojabo. Now, yeah. here's why I don't put a job on that. Ojabo didn't explode on the scene until Penn State midway through the season last year. Okay. That's when he picked up draft steam. Like, we're yeah. like, oh, okay, there's a possibility. But no one, he was like second or third on the depth chart as the season started. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. We lose Hassan Haskins, yes, on offense. Who do we return? Blake Corum, who, if he doesn't suffer high ankle sprain and week eight, he still ran for 898 yards, I believe. So – Hundred some that's week eight, so didn't get to a thousand. You still now you return Donovan Edwards, who's a top fifty recruit running back, mm-hmm. coming back into who should get more carries and is more explosive out of the backfield. You return Ronnie Bell, our graduate senior, who tore the ACL first game of the year last year, who was on the Blitnikoff watch list last year, big, big player. 
K. McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, I don't know who we go with, but I feel comfortable with both. Joe Moore, Joe Moore Ward winning offensive line. We lose our starting center, but replace him with the Remington finalist out of Virginia. Mm. Offense, I feel like we're set. Now, here's, here's why I believe we can win the Big Ten. Defense. Brandon, you lose Aiden Hutchison. Number two overall pick. Number three, I think, on Bruce Feldman's freak list last year. Did you by chance see who's number one on the freak list this year? No. Defensive tackle number 56, Mozzie Smith, from where? The University of Michigan. Okay, so we got – that's – Brandon, you – wait, but then, okay, that's one guy on the defensive line. Number two, who do you guys have in, on the, in, the, in the linebacker level? Because you lost all Big Ten player Josh Ross. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we're replacing him with freshman All-American Junior Colson. Brandon, but you lost Dax Hill, who went first round to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. PFF Focus has the sixth best corner in the country, um, DJ Turner, who was also in the top 30 on the Feldman Freak List. Where does he play? University of Michigan. Oh, by the way, the number two corner in the country that came out of high school last year, five-star Will Johnson. Where did he go? Michigan. I say all that to say this, Trey. People have been focusing on who we have lost, not paying attention to who we still have mm. and how much talent we actually did gather over this recruiting class that were early enrollees that were ready to play. And this is my final tidbit, and then you can jump in. Mm-hmm. I don't deny Ohio State has the best offense probably in the country. I've said this last year. I'll say it this year. Since Urban Meyer has been gone, they've lost the toughness. When C.J. Stroud, now shout out to Utah when they play the game and he put up big numbers. But when he gets pressure, and I said it last year on the pod, he shrinks in the moment. And I'm just not confident enough that he has that type of gusto in him that when it comes down to the wire and the game gets tight and he gets pressure on him, that he could win the game for them. And I think partially is because of the culture that Ryan Day is setting at Ohio State. I just don't think they have it in them. I think, I think this could be the end, the beginning of the end for him. Because if he loses twice to Michigan, we're going to have a problem. And remind me, where is that game this year? It's at the Horseshoe, but I'm not uh, worried. Okay. So. And that's so basically your prediction is Michigan. That's you're yes. calling it. Okay. Oh, for sure. So I'm going Ohio State. And I know. I know you know. And like just so everyone knows, part of what fired Brandon up was my text that said Michigan <laughs> I said something to the effect of Michigan lost everything. They're not gonna be near as good as they were last year. Ohio State's gonna win. He said, Yeah, I actually think Michigan's gonna be better this year, but I'm gonna save it for the pod. So <laughs> You can thank me for that full diagnosis we just got on the Wolverine football team. But um, I'm not going to go as in near depths. Here's what I know. I think that uh, if Ohio State beats Michigan, they go to the Big Ten Championship. They beat whoever they play from the West. They're in the playoff. Now, what do they do in the playoff? I don't know. I think we'll I think that's where this Ryan Day stigma that you're talking about, because I, I agree with that, is going to come back to haunt them. But I think that they go through their season. 
In fact, I'm going to pull up their schedule right now because last year they had the early season um, against Oregon to, to Oregon. And mm-hmm. let's look here. Let me see if there's anything. I mean, yeah, it's Notre Dame. That's I just I don't think Notre Dame has. I love Freeman, and I know Freeman's an Ohio State guy. I just mm-hmm. don't think they've got the 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 hosses to keep up with Ohio State. Um, I don't know who Notre Dame. Like, I can't name three Notre Dame weapons. I can't. I can't True. tell you really anything um, about other than the fact that they're recruiting lights out right now. So I think if right. they'll they'll let Freeman stay and do what he does, Notre Dame's going to end up building a pretty amazing program or, or or maybe a program they can get over that hump they haven't been able to get over but not this year i think cj uh stroud lights him up i think defensively they are improved and here's the thing about ohio state they just need a defense that doesn't suck with that That's offense it. like they need That's a it. defense that can get some crucial stops that can that can that can uh you know make a play here and there cause a turnover I mean, they don't mm-hmm. really have – they don't need their defense to anchor them to win no. the Big Ten with the offense that all. they have. And so I'm looking. I think they go through, I mean, at Michigan State, but we saw how that went. Michigan State doesn't improve their secondary. It's about to be off they, to the races they have again. It. I know. They have it. <laughs> and that's where I feel like the Michigan-Ohio State game, it's a revenge game for Ohio State. They're back at home. The Ryan Day's potential future – at Ohio State could depend on it. I think they beat Michigan. I think Michigan's heart and soul last year was Aiden Hutchinson. I hear For what sure. you're saying as far as the players that are coming back in, but I think what he brought to the team from an intangible leadership perspective, it's indispensable. Like you just you can't just replace that. And no. uh um I mean even I'm thinking of that clip where he's just screaming at that uh Left yeah, yeah, tackle the defender, for Ohio yeah, State, Pierre. and then just yeah. bull rushes him, and you already see him in Detroit on Hard Knocks. He's up there singing Michael Jackson. He's got the whole He's team. Dude, I mean, man. like that's a guy that you just anywhere you just can't replace a guy like that. Right. So now, can you replace his production and piecemeal? Yeah, absolutely. But I think Ohio State wins it all. And not sorry, I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten. I know what you and, mean. Um, I know that's not really like going out on a limb, but you got Michigan. I got Ohio State. But let, let's get more into this conversation because to me, this is where the conversation really gets interesting about the Big yep. Ten. Of course, everyone knows it's probably going to be a two or three horse race of who wins the conference. Everyone knows that it's likely to come down to the Ohio State-Michigan yes. game. But let's talk dark horse. Who is your dark horse in the Big Ten in 2022? Believe it or not, man, I really like this team this year and on paper. I like Maryland. Ah. Tualia Tangalova, Tua's little brother. The dude, yeah. like, so I went back and, like, actually, so I'm taking Blue Bloods, like, really serious this year. Not that I didn't the year before, but I'm, like, going back and watching, like, games and film, like, because I want to give, like, very good points why I believe it. If you really watch him play, the dude's an NFL quarterback. Like, he's not as poised as his brother. He's a little bit more gunslinger. Okay. But this is this is why I say back. To me, outside of C.J. Stroud, he might be the second-best quarterback in the conference. 
some people will argue and say no. They'll say Peyton Thorne out of Michigan State. I think he's personally better. If J.J. McCarthy is not the starter at Michigan, I think he's the second-best quarterback in the conference. Tongue-y. And here's, listen to the schedule. This is why, Trey. Buffalo, then Charlotte, then they play SMU. Now, if Sonny Dykes was still at SMU, I would feel a little bit, uh, but midst of a coaching regime change. Um, not saying they didn't get a good coach, but I would be a little bit. Then they play Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, which I'm not, that secondary is terrible. Purdue, now we know what they're doing over there on the other side of the conference, but I think that's a winnable game. Indiana, winnable game. Northwestern, winnable game. Wisconsin, I mean, if you can get a lead on them early, winnable game. Mm. Penn State, you never know which Penn State you're going to get. That's a winnable game for Maryland, actually. Then uh, Ohio State, they lose that. And then Rutgers, winnable game. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they were a game or two behind where you're like, wait a minute, if the chips fall the right way for them, they can actually win nine, ten football games this year. Mm. Okay. Now, I do think with Maryland, because of the side that they're on, they don't stand a chance at winning the conference. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And here's mine. All right, and I've put a lot of thought into this. I'm sitting here trying to arrange to make sure I got all my notes. <laughs> I'm going with the Purdue Boilermakers. All right? Great pick. I actually think they've got the second, maybe third best quarterback in the conference. O'Connell. Who's about to be a sixth-year senior. Mm-hmm. I think he got that COVID year as Aiden O'Connell, who really came on last season. And Purdue, it's like they've – since Brom has been there. And let me just stay here. I obviously – being an Arkansas guy, I have a soft spot in my heart for people of the Petrino coaching tree. I already referenced mm-hmm. him and his style earlier on this episode, but it's just a very unique offense, and their philosophy is FTS, which is feed the studs. In whatever yep. way possible, get the guys in. They're not just stuck on one style of play, but it's what do we have, what do we do well, who are our best players? And let's find the most creative way to get them the ball. And you've seen mm-hmm. flashes of that with Purdue over yep. the last few seasons. They just haven't really been able to put anything together on both sides of the ball. And then last year, they really started to turn the corner. They got mm-hmm. the bowl win. They finished 9-4. and four, And now they're coming back in. They lost their top receiver, but they brought in three transfers. They got two guys from uh, Iowa who were pretty mm-hmm. explosive. And they got a guy who's like 6'4", red zone type guy from mm-hmm. Auburn. So th- they're they're sort of reloading as far yeah. as their weapons are concerned. <clears throat> I don't know what their run game's going to look like, but that's that's just the thing. Whatever they do well, that's what they're going to do. You know, yeah. I mean, I think a great example when you look at Petrino, who Brom is sort of a, you know, he's a part of that tree. He, he, he coached under him, and then obviously his brother played for him, and that's his OC right now at Purdue. But look at, look at, I don't think you can find two more opposite quarterbacks than Lamar Jackson and Ryan Mallett, right? You've got right. <laughs> a 6'7 statue and, you know, a, a, a 6'1", 6'2", like Michael Vick reincarnated Speeding. type player. <laughs> right. Both of them were Petrino quarterbacks. Both of them, one took a team to the Sugar Bowl for the first time in school history. The other one won the Heisman. Like, it's all about finding the strengths of the players and and really doing what they do well. Because, you know, in college football, you have a lot of coaches who get so stuck on what they do 
right, and trying to correct. recruit guys that can do what they do well, like what their philosophy does well. You know, like Leach, he likes having quarterbacks that are incredibly accurate with smaller receivers who can get open in space, catch the ball and make, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that air raid system. You, you have other guys that they, they want to build up front, real powerful, get some running backs in there and then just hit you in the mouth all game, right. running up and down the field. You know, Brom, he just goes, okay, what do we have? What do we do well? What are our best players? And let's figure out a creative way to get them the ball. So they got a very exciting offense. Their defense starting to kind of catch up. And um, I, I like their schedule, man. I mean, I it's really terrible. think, because I was almost going to say this as a hot take, but I, I really think Purdue could win the West. Because listen could. to this. And it's all going to come down, this is what's crazy, to their first game. Their first game of the season is on a mm-hmm. Thursday night against Penn State. And this is arguably... Their toughest game of the season, but that's mm-hmm. to your point, Brandon. Depending on which Penn State shows up, yep. But they've got a third. But but the re- why is that important? Because you have all of fall camp to prepare for this game. Now you don't have that's much true. tape of that team that you're playing because it's their first game too. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, that that Thursday, uh, Penn State that that's going to set the tone. And if they can win that game, listen to this. They follow that up with Indiana State. Syracuse, Florida Atlantic, and then they play at Minnesota and at Maryland. But if they're 4-0, I think they they carry that momentum into both of those games. They come back that. home against Nebraska, which what Nebraska's going to show up. I mean, they were the they were the best 3 and 9 team in all of college I've football last year, but <laughs> but are they going to put anything together? If they're rolling by that point, this will probably be their second Toughest game game is where they play at Wisconsin. Then they play Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana. That is a Big Ten schedule. They do not play Ohio State. They do not play Michigan. They do not play Michigan Michigan State. State. I I can't think of a more favorable schedule for a Big Ten West team to draw. And with the momentum they have, with the experience they have at the quarterback position, with the Mm -hmm. coach they have, I really could see this team not running the table in the sense of, oh, they're going to go undefeated, but running the table in the sense of they win the Big Ten West and then they match up with either Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And I'm telling you right now, Purdue has been a little bit of a thorn in the side of Ohio State. Not year in and year out, but there's been some... There was a close game this past year. I believe so. And then a couple of years ago, uh, they uh, was was that like when Rondell Moore had his breakout party when they beat Ohio It was State a Rondell up? Moore breakout party. Then earlier in the decade, they had um, what's the kid Kerrigan? Where Ryan Kerrigan played yeah. there, they upset them. Like they've they've played Ohio State tough every year. So I just I, if I had to pick my dark horse to win the conference, I'm going with Purdue. Um, I like and that yeah, part. obviously there is some of that 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 personal tie I feel that I have to. To, to, to Brom being a disciple of Bobby Petrino, who I, you know, as an Arkansas guy, I know he's kind of polarized Arkansas fan base, but I like him. And he responds right. to me on Twitter. So me and Bobby, <laughs> we, we got a little conversation going back and forth on Twitter. He's at Missouri State now, so shout out Coach Petrino. Um, Let's go. Okay. All right, B, kicking it back over to you. Who's your bounce back? Um, my bounce back this year would be, it's, it's honestly, it's going to be Penn State. I think they went like seven and six last year. Um, they return Sean Clifford comes back. Guess they lose Jahan Dotson. But Penn State, it, it goes back to the point I said earlier. What Penn State do you get? They're never at a lack of talent. They always have talent. I think for the last couple of years they've always finished one of the 
top two recruiting classes in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. Mm. Franklin's known as a recruiter, man. He gets talent. It's right. just what product do they get on the field? And I think um, just based upon their schedule this year, like as, I, as I'm looking at it, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I think it, um, it could be something where you're like, all right, because you know they play Ohio State tough. So, you know, they open up with Purdue, then it's Ohio, then it's Auburn. Um, and we don't know which Auburn team you're going to get, but it's at, it's at them. Then you get Central Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. Then you finish with Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. So I think, you know, it just comes down to the day, which Penn State are we getting? Because Penn State could be that team that's talented enough that you're like, dang, they're going into the final weekend of the season like 11-1 eleven and eleven and one or 10-1 and one, fighting for a chance to play in the Big Ten title game. Or you get this – Big, you know, Penn State team that's like, man, they're fighting to be bowl eligible. I mean, we saw the nine overtime game they had last year with Illinois, and you're like, what the heck is going on here? So I think, but that's kind of noticeable for Penn State. Like, they have the off year, then they bounce back. Because I think about right before Saquon's breakout year. The year before, yeah. they were like seven and six or right. eight and five or something like that. Then the next year, I think when Saquon's year, they go like, yeah, like he yes. breaks out and has an incredible. So I think they're just due for it's kind of the James Frank and Franklin deal, and now with the big massive contract, like he's not going anywhere. So I think I say Penn State, man. I think they'll at least be competing um, to represent the Big Ten in the Big Ten championship game. Not saying they'll be there, but I think they bounce backward to make it competitive. And maybe, maybe just maybe they um, they upset Ohio State this year. Ooh, that that's a potential hot take there. Um, I'm going Illinois as my bounce back team. Um, Bielema. Bielema in his second year. Um, let's see. I think they finished five and seven last mm-hmm. year. Much improved defense. Offensively, they just couldn't get anything together. I think if you watch that week zero game when they played Nebraska. Yep, they played Nebraska. Wasn't it? Yep. You you saw that, that now they won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, because we talked so. about that one on the pod. <laughs> we did. Um, but then they went on to lose like their next three or four games in a row, and their offense yep. was just horrendous. Not that it was great against Nebraska. So what did Bielema do? He went out and hired a new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. who was a former assistant under him at Arkansas by the name of Barry Lunny Jr., who oh. was the offensive coordinator last year at – the history-making UTSA. So, hmm. Lunny followed Trailer to UTSA. They had one of the most dynamic top offenses in the country last year. Went twelve and two. Broke, set all kinds of school records for for UTSA. I mean, you remember we talked about them on we the pod. We, they got lot. in the they got in the top twenty-five. They were ranked, and that offense was, I mean. It was a great offense. At times, unstoppable, particularly in their conference. Mm-hmm. But um, so so he's now with Bielema. He runs a very um, he runs a tempo. Uh, it's a balanced offense. I mean, they like at UTSA they had they had a dual threat quarterback. So I think they had a fifteen hundred yard rusher. They almost had three thousand yard receivers. You know oh, those. Goodness. So 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 those of you that are used to Bielema's like Wisconsin offenses and even mm-hmm. some of his offenses at Arkansas. He sort of expanded from that. He's okay with spreading it out, running some tempo. But I think the addition of Lunny with some of the guys they've got coming back will be enough for them to 
If you look at their schedule, I don't think it's crazy to think Illinois could win eight or nine games, including the bowl game. Uh, I don't I don't think yeah. they can do much beyond that. But I think if their defense continues to improve like they did last year from the year before. And I'll, I'll say it this that. way. Bielema in year two, just going back to his time at Arkansas, he started his, his career at Arkansas going three and nine. And then the next season they were they they were bowl eligible, went seven and six. But mm-hmm. what what you won't know about that season unless you're a fan like I was, they were about three points away from winning 10 games. I mean, they fumbled on the one and missed an extra point against Alabama that year and lost 14-13. They tanked one to AM that they just gave them the game. Uh mm. That was the year, I believe, they shut out LSU and Ole Miss in back-to-back games. I mean, it was a much improved team in year two. And so I expect that out of this Illinois team. Not saying they're going to go compete for a conference championship. I'm just saying I believe they bounce back. They're in a bowl game with a chance to win eight or nine games. I like that. That's believable. That's really believable, actually. So with that being said... um, before we get into hot take with the Big Ten, let me let me kind of look. So we've, you know, we said kind of the favorites, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa, the dark horses. You said mm. uh, Maryland. I said Purdue. Uh, if you had to name another dark horse without even going into any oh, kind I, of. I can tell you right off the top. Who? Indiana, Northwestern. Because it's the Fitzgerald, like... It's the Fitzgerald thing. <laughs> Terrible season, the great season. And I almost picked them because of that. Like, I don't know who plays on their team. I don't know who's their starting court. I don't care. It's it's the Fitzgerald effect. Bad year, great year, bad. If there's ever a guy that gets more out of his squad, it's it, it's Fitzgerald, man. Is it Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick? Is it Fitzgerald? It's Fitzgerald. Pat okay, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That dude, like every other year, you're like, how's Northwestern freaking nine and three right now? Like you just How are they playing Ohio State in the yeah. Big Ten Championship right like, now? You like you just that I I don't even need to look at their team. I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah, they they had a terrible year last year. They'll probably have a good one this year. They'll probably be like eight and five and play a couple teams down to the wire and you're like, There we go. It's it's just what they do. <laughs> and then I'm on the flips, I'm gonna go Minnesota, PJ Fleck. Ooh. Uh they they turned they you know they went nine and four last year after losing their um, basically Ibrahim. after losing their stud in the yeah, first Ibrahim. wasn't it the first game of the season against Ohio State because he had him on skates man yeah yep and uh, he's back and uh, I believe their quarterback Tanner Morgan's they, back yeah I was gonna say they also have a sixth year senior at quarterback so a lot of the same reasons why I like Purdue some of the same mm-hmm. reasons why I like Minnesota um, I can believe it all right well what's your hot take. <laughs> hot take I think this is a really good one I'm predicting Michigan State to go 7-5 and five. Mm. I believe and the, oh it's so hard it pains me to say this because I really genuinely I like Mel Tucker like if Mel Tucker didn't coach at Michigan State I would be a fan but he does but this is why he does. He, so. But here's the other thing. If he didn't find a diamond in the rough in Kenneth Walker, they're not that good. Mm. They're not that. They're not that. Like, let's. This isn't me being a hater. 
Right. If they didn't find Kenneth Walker last year, he made every game. What we say, he made two or three game breaking plays where you're just like, oh, what do you do about that? He just made a freaking, he just was an athlete right there. What's the guy on uh, on TikTok? Just straight up an athlete, you know, not being an athlete. (laughs) Like, and he's trying the whole method where you like reload out of the transfer portal every year. I just, and I might be on the opposite side of that. I just don't think that's sustainable for long-term success. Um, right. Like, what are the odds that you hit another Kenneth Walker, another right. game-breaker guy in the portal? So I think Michigan State kind of comes back to who they are outside of the D'Antonio year or the tail end of D'Antonio year, 75-8-4. Um, that's just what I believe. I mean, that secondary was atrocious last year. Um, the second level wasn't that great. I mean, their defense wasn't that good. Realistically, and I've went back and watched a lot of their games. If Kenneth Walker doesn't do Kenneth Walker things, Michigan State's probably a seven-win team last year. They're they're not whoever whatever they finish. Okay, well, here's mine. Brett Bielema, before the end of 2022, will be named the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm. I think Ferentz retires. I think he's done. I know he just signed an extension, but I think mm. I think if there's any coach in the country that the the wave of college athletics in the the, the, the direction the, the the landscape is shifting, if there's any coach in all of college football that it's just completely <laughs> like Don't moving know. away from Yep, it's Kirk Ferentz. I mean, the guy's sixty-seven years old. He's almost seventy. He's been at mm-hmm. Iowa since ninety-nine. Now he's been the ultimate consistent guy, but that fan base—they're—they're they're getting antsy with them. They're—they're—they're they're, they're getting antsy. And Bielema being a Iowa guy, I mean, he's a Hayden Fry former player. They're gonna have a good season at Illinois. And if he's coming off an eight or nine win season at Illinois, he's going to get back to Iowa. That's kind of his bread and butter. I think he could be really successful at a school like that. And um, hmm. I don't know. I just, I think for Rince, I think he's out after this year. And, and, and I don't know all the details to this, but I know for Rince has been in some hot water with just kind of like a former assistant. Do you know what I'm talking about? That, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I just I think maybe, and I know he has his son there on the staff, but I feel like this is it for him. I think he's going (laughs) to retire. I think it's going to be what's best for Iowa, and I think they're going to go hire Bielema. And you know who else I think they go after? Who? Mark Stoops. I don't think he leaves Kentucky. I don't either. But I think they go. You know, you got to call. You should at least knock on the door. Yeah, you should. Pretty sure he's an Iowa guy too. You should knock on the door though. Without a doubt. You know who? I'm trying to think. Yeah, he's an Iowa guy. I'm trying to think if I want to say this because we haven't talked about this team. If there is a team in the Big Ten that could pull Mark Stoops away from Kentucky, that's not like Michigan or Ohio State. uh, Yeah, I was about to say it had to be one of those. I think there's another one, dude. Nebraska. I think Nebraska could do it because they could pay him more. And and it, it would, would be all about football there. 
I, that's what I'm saying. Like, have you seen this new stuff with yeah, with him Calipari coming in, throwing a fit about being a basketball school, and then Mark Stoops talking about what yep. they've done, and then the AD coming in saying, "Well, I give both sides all the resources they need to be successful, and if either of them have a problem with it, maybe you know." Uh, what did he say? He said, "Coaches come and go a lot in this profession." Yeah. So, I think Kentucky, you know, they're they're prime for a Ooh. big. Big year, but I'm saying if I'm Nebraska and if Scott Frost, if Scott Frost does not deliver this year, because it's it's no secret we haven't talked about it. Maybe we needed we to add, to. maybe we needed to add a hot seat along with hot take yeah. when we're going through these conferences or do or die or whatever. But Scott Frost is that guy, That's and it. dude, I don't know that he's going to deliver this year. I don't either because talks have been coming out that he's had a hard time letting go of the reins and letting Whipple does what Whipple does. That's just what I've been, you know, from insiders and stuff that I pay to read. I mean, maybe it's a hot click, but that's kind of been the thing. It's It's been a hard deal for him to let Whipple do, which I said, I was like, if he can let Whipple come in and let Whipple work his magic, I think they'll be okay this year, but. I think they have the talent to be really good this year. Um, we, mm. covered a, we, we covered a lot on Nebraska this year. I just don't – Kenneth Pride let go of letting the guy you hire to do what he's supposed to do come in and do what he's supposed to do. I, I just don't see it. Mm. Well, yeah. I don't either. I don't think he's going to get it done, and, and I'm just thinking like – That would be a great hire, though. Stoops at Nebraska. That would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. If you're a Nebraska fan listening or watching this, what are your thoughts on that? Mark Stoops to Nebraska. Is it possible? Surely there's somebody who's got like some insider, some some info, but I that would be good for college football. I would like that. They got big NIL money, big support. It's the only thing that matters in Nebraska. Because I don't and care how many 10-win seasons Kentucky puts together. They're never going to be a football football school. Even close. No. Not even close. No. No. But that's a dude that could get Nebraska like back that. to where Nebraska fans want to be. I like that, actually. I like that a lot. And Nebraska's going to want to be competitive now that USC and UCLA are coming over. Like, oh, I don't know how we're going to no pod doubt. these things or do these divisions, but like they're going to want to make a move to stay relevant and competitive in the new Big Ten for sure. Well, I don't know if you've noticed what Mark Stoops has, has done the last couple of years is, you know, he's got another offensive coordinator in, but what he's doing is he's basically taking guys who are from that Shanahan, Sean McVay mm -hmm. uh, coaching tree and bringing them in, and that's essentially what they're running. It's probably yep. a little bit simplified version of it, but that's what they do. And is it Levis, uh, uh, the Penn Levis. State trans? You know, yeah, Levis. I mean, going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. That's what he's been in. But where it's the genius of it to me is you just keep bringing these guys in, and it's the same terminology. It's the same. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be a different wrinkle here and there, but it's not that much of a change on the players, even though right. the person coming in calling the plays is a little different. different. So, yep. And I could see that philosophy working over at Nebraska. And, of course, he builds the defense, and he's got a lot of ties in Ohio and throughout the Midwest. Um, That'd be a great hire. Okay, so we're 46 minutes in, and we've only gotten through the Big Ten. So, <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> I'm sitting here like, I mean, we can just keep it rolling. We can go SEC. Keep it rolling, man. We, let's right. go SEC. This is let's a season SEC. preview. Yeah, that's right. It's a three-hour episode. If, here you go. Listen, I mean, if you drop here. out, just just pick back back up the next day you walk on the treadmill. Like, that's just right. continue on, man. Everyone else does two, three-hour podcasts. Joe Budden, Bussin, all those guys. Like Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan. And people listen. And people people actually listen. So, no, but you're right. Just just listen to us every day this week on your workout, and you'll get through the whole episode by you Friday. get through the whole episode by the next episode releasing. By the next episode releasing. <laughs> Okay, so SEC, uh, I'm going to start this one with my Go prediction. I'm going to say Bama. I think they win it all. The conference, I mean, they probably win it all. I don't know yet, but yeah, um, I think you've got arguably the best offensive player in the country and the best defensive player in the country mm-hmm. on your team. And I think they win the SEC championship this year um, again. And I don't have much else to say on that other than you're not beating Bama. You're not beating Bama. Unless you're Georgia in the national championship game. Because Jamison Williams got hurt. Let's just acknowledge that. I do think Bama (laughs) loses a game during the season. Uh, I don't know which one yet, but I do think they lose one. But I don't think they lose enough to keep out of the SEC championship. And that's my pick. So I'll just keep it very simple. Bama wins the SEC. In the words of Aubrey Drake Graham, they're looking for revenge. Looking for revenge. Yes. Bama is coming back. Like you said, man, return a Heisman Trophy finalist. Will Anderson would have been the number one overall pick this past year if he could have been draft eligible. Mm. Saban, normally, if he loses one year, he's definitely going to bounce back. Then You know they had to leave a bad taste in his mouth to lose the way they did in the natty. Um and Saban doesn't seem to be slowing down. Like, he keeps making references to that. And it's, so I think it's more, I would say, not to just belabor the point, I think Saban almost has this thing like, oh, everyone keeps talking about me retiring. Let me show you why I'm not even close to retiring. Yeah. Like, let me show you who who's the big dog on the block still. And everyone wants to talk about Lennon going to Oregon and, and Kirby over there in Georgia and Dabo and, and Lane down there at, Nah, I think Saban really has this thing now, like, I'm tired of you guys talking about my time's almost done, so let me just prove to you that I can still beat everybody, and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, so get comfortable. Like, I'm actually, for the first time ever, Trey, I'm rooting for Alabama. Mm. Like, for the first time ever, I'm rooting for Saban for that sake of, so he can just flex a little more, like, nah, just get prepared. Like, I think I got another decade in me, which I think he does. I think he has another does. decade in him. So, I'm going Bama. Yeah. And uh, you also are probably going for Bama because their quarterback might end up being your pro team's quarterback in the 2023 season. That would be Bryce Young to the Detroit Lions, which would be I, I would definitely take. Actually, I would actually – I wouldn't mind taking C.J. Stroud, though. And I'm a big Ohio State hater. Bigger body. I think he has a better arm than Bryce. But Bryce has intangibles. So I don't know. I don't care. I'll take either one of them. But I like Bryce Young. I like Anyone I better than who you got right now. Yeah. Um, anybody than who we have right now. Uh, my bounce back team. I'm going Auburn. I think Auburn's going to. I think. Is that who you had? Yeah. <laughs> but I got, a, I got a option 1B. You got a 1B? Okay. so I got uh, a 1B. I'm going. I'm going Auburn. Um, 
I think they've had somewhat of a tumultuous at times off season with all the stuff with Brian Harson mm-hmm. and allegedly hooking up with the oh intern, right? She, intern, but I feel like she was a athlete. Was she a volleyball or a cheerleader? I don't know what she was, but um, allegedly hooking up with her and and he's losing the team and this and that and <clears throat> here's the thing: Auburn is one of those schools that they're always going to have talent. Mm-hmm. And I, from what I understand, what I'm hearing is he's really getting them to rally around this us against everybody type mm-hmm. mentality. Yes, yes. And I don't think they're going to do enough to compete for the, for the conference. But I mean, I mean, they were six and seven last year. I mean, yeah. Auburn should be a nine win team, nine, 10 win team every year on paper. And I think there's some games they play this year that they're going to, they're, you know, they're just not going to be able to win, but I I would say they bounce back and get back to winning. Oh, I don't want to know if I'm going to say 10 games just yet, but I think they at least are a nine win team, which to be fair mm-hmm. though, for the Auburn fan base, that still isn't good enough. Yeah. But as far as <laughs> when I say bounce back, I, I mean, bounce back to, you know, well, I guess Gus Malzahn did the same thing. I guess that was the same deal. He was a six, seven win, and every now and then yep. went eight. Um, so maybe that's not even a bounce back. Maybe that's just staying how they've been. But I, I feel like they're going to be better than what they were a season ago. Here's my bounce back team. New head coach, talent rich state, a lot of talent always on this team. I'm going with the Florida Gators. Mm. From what I've been reading, um, great culture is being built back down there in Gainesville. Um, I'm excited to see what Anthony Richardson does as the full-time starting quarterback. I mean, the dude is explosive. He's like, what, like 6'4", 245. He's a freaking tank with a cannon for an arm. Um, And then the schedule's like favorable. I mean, they open up with Utah, then they play Kentucky, then South Florida, then Tennessee, who was like my 2A of if they really have like a bounce back. Um, Eastern Washington, Missouri, LSU, Georgia, A&M, Carolina, Vandy, Florida State. Um, they just had a terrible end to the Mullen era. Um, but it's not because they lack talent, though. Like, when you watch them, you're like, yo, they have some dogs on that team. And Florida always has dogs. Right. I mean, it's the University of Florida. And it's, you know, I think especially watching seminary, their games last year, you know, they're a player two away if the ball bounces their way the right way, you know, you're now talking about Florida being a, like, oh, wow, they're actually, like, competing. Um, I just think, you know, as we know in college football, it's a – if you got an elite quarterback or a really good quarterback, that changes the dynamic of everything. And I think Richardson with this athleticism, obviously we haven't had a huge sample size of him starting full-time because he was – what is it, switching with Emory Jones throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um I think, man, with the schedule looking the way it is, the talent that they have down there, sounding with the culture that's being built down there, um, which I think is a testament if you look at how they're recruiting right now, that yeah. a certain culture is being built down there. Like this past week? They've just yes, weekend. like they had a I mean, they just huge landed weekend. some big dudes. Yeah, yeah I'm like, maybe this is – um maybe we'll see Florida kind of do a bounce back to being, you know – nine, ten win team next year um, and, and at least trying to compete to find themselves competing for the SEC. This is 
this is a tough one choosing the 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 bounce back because <clears throat> when I was looking at this, and this is why I just kind of threw Auburn out there because another team that's probably going to be uh, um, uh, considered as a bounce back is LSU, right? Mm-hmm. With, with uh, Brian, Brian Kelly. Kelly being there. Tennessee's getting a lot of hype too. Oh, I saw with something. Tennessee's going to have an offense that's unstoppable. I just, I'm not seeing it. Um, but like the teams that really fit the criteria for a quote unquote bounce back are Florida, mm-hmm. Auburn, LSU. I'm not going to put South Carolina in that because they, I mean, last year kind of was their bounce back becoming yeah, bowl eligible. And now they have a chance to build on that, but uh, their schedule kind of scares me to, to put them Bears, as anything, yeah. you know, beyond yeah, just, maintaining what they did a year ago but i, I mean i'm looking at it because you know arkansas had their bounce back season old miss had a great season by the way had a bounce back season. i mean they had a great season um mississippi state they went to a bowl game like they they weren't i mean w- what is a bounce back season for mississippi state oh, right go win 10 <laughs> games when's the last time they've done that yeah um, right you know what I mean? A and M. Oh, are they going to bounce back? No, they're eight and four, and and I'll. I mean, they're probably going to do the same thing despite all the hype. So really, it's kind of like okay, Florida, Auburn, or LSU. Yeah. Um, you say Florida, I say Auburn. The only reason why I'm not saying LSU is this: I think it's going to take a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. But I had a dad of a top-rated recruit. He's a he's a highly touted four-star. Who who has visited everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he told me, and this is, this, this dad is also, uh, has like a, uh, has, has a lot of like personal training, uh, certifications. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a personal trainer on field trainer and weight trainer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he has that as well. Yeah. That's, that's his background. Uh, former division one athlete. Mm-hmm. He said that the LSU, um, strength and conditioning presentation on the visit. He didn't say it was awful, but the, what he said implied that it was awful. Mm. And, uh, uh, he just wasn't impressed with it at all. Now LSU, they're obviously going to have some, they're going to have some athletes. Uh, right. they're going to be very athletic. They've got the quarterback in from Arizona state, the grad yep. transfer. Don't know if he's even going to start yet. Um, now what LSU has been doing is they, have here recently started killing it on the recruiting, on the recruiting yes. trail. But I don't know. I don't know if Brian Kelly is going to need another year or two. I don't know how bad things got with uh, oh Ogeron, Orgeron. Yeah, I don't know how bad it got under him because it. I mean, the 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 bottom really just fell out last year. Um, so I don't know if they're ready for a bounce back. But I do know that uh, I think Auburn in year two of Harson has a chance and then yeah to your point i guess we'll really see if napier is as good as the hype shows um yeah coming in coming in when his first year so dark horse mm. i've got two and again this is a dark horse this is an unexpected team to win the conference so really anybody not named georgia or not named bama, <laughs> not <of> bama. <laughs> in the sec um I'm going to say it. I'm 
Go for it. It's your pod. You can do whatever you want. I know. I know. I think anyone who knows me knows I want to say Arkansas right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Even though I believe they are a valid dark horse. I'm going to go. God. Kentucky's my other team. Mm. Because they're, they're very similar on both sides of the conference. Yep. As far as having a premier experienced quarterback. Yep. Um, was last year Levis's first year as Kentucky starter? First year second? as a starter. I believe it's his first year. Right. So this would be his second year as the full-time starter, just like mm-hmm. KJ Jefferson's second year as the full-time starter. Both of them got significantly better as last season progressed. Yep. Um, the thing that worries me about Arkansas is the loss of Traylon Burks. Um, you just, it's to me, he's kind of like Hutch with Michigan. Like you just, you can't just replace a guy like that. So what you have to try and do is figure out a way to replace his production by committee, which I do think Arkansas can do, but Arkansas is going to have to be a 3000 yard rushing team. I I think for us to have, success to be able to compete for a conference championship we're going to have to somewhat resemble the 06 team with dmac felix jones mm-hmm. and uh peyton hillis um the, the difference is what that team didn't have that this year's team does have is a is a dual threat quarterback with kj right um and that team almost won the conference championship i mean that was when gus was our oc played florida yep. if not for a muffed freaking punt on the one <laughs> we we win that game and Urban we deny Urban's first national championship, but that's sort of the model I see this team taking on. Now the downside to that is, on paper, the downside is you don't ever want to be playing from behind, right? However, the team's philosophy, being the Veer and Shoot, Kendall Bryles coming back, it's his third full season. It's KJ's third full season being in the system, second full season being the starter. Oh, man. They definitely fit the criteria for a dark horse. But Mm -hmm. Kentucky, they could, just with the way their schedule lines up, they don't have to play Bama. They don't have to play... uh, They don't have to play Ole Miss, I don't think. Let me. Oh, they do have to play Ole Miss. They have to play at Ole Miss. Okay, so that's at Ole Miss. And they're at Florida, at Tennessee. They got that's Georgia week two at home. of the season against Florida. So, you know what? I'm sticking with Arkansas. I'm going to say Arkansas is my dark horse to win the SEC because I'm looking. They got Cincy to start the season. South Carolina week two at home. They got Missouri State, which is Bobby Petrino returning to Fayetteville. Um, for the first time, uh, they got AM at Cowboy and then Bama. That's kind of a revenge game. We're at Mississippi State, at BYU. That, that BYU game scares me a little. At Auburn, that should be a revenge game. Yep. But I don't know. I don't ever feel good about playing Auburn. Then Liberty, LSU, Ole Miss, back to back to back, three straight home games in the season. Then we're at Mizzou. I'll go with them. I'll stick with Arkansas. I'll I'll shut up. I'll stick with. Them. <laughs> well, 
Well, man, I, I was down. I thought you were going to pick Kentucky, actually. Um, I can if it'll help your case. You're about it, to build. It, it doesn't matter because um, <laughs> Kentucky is like my 1A. Here's my – this is a little out there, but it all hinges on literally how great this player plays. And my dark horse is South Carolina. Mm. Now, the start of last year, who was projected to be the number one quarterback coming off the board in this year's draft? Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Rattler. Spencer Rattler has every bit of talent that is needed to be the number one quarterback coming off the board. I don't know what happened in Norman. I don't know what was going on between him and Lincoln Riley because the year before he was the golden boy and this year. And his campus hinted at some things. Lincoln Riley's campus hinted at some things. It is what it is. But Beamer has seemed – he went to to Beamer for a reason. Um, his camp was very clear. They followed him there for a reason. Right. Um, maybe I think his time in Norman matured him a little bit. I think it maybe gave him a little edge. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we saw Beamer had these boys on those Gamecocks playing above. They were punching above their weight last year. I'll just say it like sure. that. Because I, I did watch them quite a bit last year. And I was like, man, I remember thinking, man, if they get a decent quarterback, this is going to be a tough team Makes to play. Yeah, yeah, they they can make some noise, and the schedule's not too crazy. I mean, obviously, they played. Uh, they have you guys week that. two. They here's so they play you guys week two, then they play Georgia. All right, that's right out the gate. Two tough ones, right? Then you get the break of Charlotte, South Carolina State, Kentucky. You just you're don't at Kentucky, know, you're but at you're at Kentucky. Kentucky. You don't know though. I don't like. I love Will Levis. I think he played great. I think Franklin was crazy to let him to play Sean Clifford over him. But you know who knows? Then you have A and M, which who knows? I mean, there's a A and M hype train, but absolutely, who, who knows? Missouri not sold on. Vandy not sold on. Florida, yes, they. I picked them as my bounce back team, but you don't At know. Florida though too. At Florida, that's. But then you got Tennessee not sold on, and we'll see what Clemson we get this year. Um, I don't know. I like, I think, you know, I always go back to the point of, man, if you have a dynamic quarterback, you can definitely punch way above your weight in college football. I think Spencer Rattler was, as I've seen the kid play, watched him play in high school. Despite the personality stuff we've seen that he kind of gets a bad rap for, the kid can straight up throw the football. I think in a new system, new fresh environment, a coach that truly believes in him because I mean, I don't care what anyone says. That probably had to mess with his confidence when you're on the sideline and they're clamoring for Caleb Williams to come in the game and you're like, bro, y'all were just doing the same thing for me last year <laughs> like in the Red River shootout. Um, I just – I don't know. I, I'm a Beamer fan. Like, I've been paying attention to him through the offseason. He seems like the team is around him. He has Carolina pumped. Um, and then you add a dynamic – a potential dynamic quarterback. We don't know which Spencer Rattler we get. But – if we get the Spencer Rattler that I believe came in at OU as a freshman that had the gusto, the confidence, borderline. Because I think you have to have a borderline, maybe not in your interviews, but on the field, you have to have a borderline arrogance, mm. I believe. Like where you're like, no, I am that dude. I think if we if he can get Spencer to tap into that, I think, man, they could put some teams on notice. Decently tough schedule, but I don't think it's anything where they can't compete week in and week out. And – we know the game of college football, man. If you get one ball to go your way, that can change. As you said, you know, Arkansas all six. You don't muff a punt yeah. on the one-yard line. It's it's a different story in Arkansas history. It is. Um, so, Beamer kind of reminds me a little bit of the 
Mel Tucker of, mm. man, we're going to hang in this as long as we can. And if we just get one thing to bounce, it's the thing we texted every year, every game last year watching Mel, we're like, dang, yeah. there's the play they've been waiting for. I feel like Beamer almost has that same thing with South Carolina. It's like, if you let these boys hang around long enough, he has them believing, like, if they get the one play, things could kind of go their way, especially when you got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, who's kind of been an afterthought because of his transfer. Well, he's been an afterthought because of his transfer and because he got his job taken from him by a true freshman. True. And he showed, I mean, playing under the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, he showed a tendency to become very sporadic. So now, mm-hmm. having a having a fresh start, absolutely. Does he make the team better? Absolutely. Here's where I feel like South Carolina is still a year away is because of their schedule. Mm-hmm. At Arkansas week two, this particular Arkansas team, I don't see losing to South Carolina at home. Not this team. Not not this team with KJ, with our running attack, with our defense, with our O-line pretty much all being back except for mm-hmm. one guy. Um, I just I don't see that happening. Then Georgia, don't see it happening. How's that? Then they're at Kentucky and at Florida. They got AM at home, but I see them losing two of those three games. Mm-hmm. So that's four losses I feel like that I'm I'm checking off already. And then they got to play at Clemson. They are going to beat Clemson. At, at some point, like this is going to be a team that I think is that, that, that has a potential to, to shift the tide as it pertains to that rivalry. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be in year two under Beamer on the road. I do think it sets up nicely for him in his third year where maybe he goes, you know, seven and six, eight and five. And then that sets the table for next year where he has some of these teams that he's playing on the road this year. He'll have at home, home next year including yeah. Clemson, but getting Florida at home, Kentucky at home. Who knows what happens with Mark Stoops at the end of this season. Um, if he chooses to go elsewhere or whatever, like we talked about earlier. But I think he's really primed for a big year three. I think the schedule is going to keep him from really breaking out this season. But I do agree with everything you say about him. I mean, even just the stuff he's doing on social media, man. Like he's, yep. You can tell like that, that team and that fan base – is really bought into him. And I don't know if you saw the one recently where he took him up to the upper deck of, yep. of the stadium and said, I just want, you know, that's far away, you know, this far away view, isn't it? You know, people pay money to sit here <laughs> to, come see. to watch right. you play. I mean, I think some of that stuff and then his fun stuff, like the Termo swag on. Yeah, you saw yeah, that yeah. Video that he comes I saw that in. was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's doing a lot of things right, and I think it's only a matter of time. It's like they say, you apply enough pressure, eventually you get that breakthrough, and I think that's yeah. what he's doing. I think he's just a year away uh, with the SEC. But hot take. Hot take. Arkansas makes a New Year's Six Bowl. A hmm. and M loses to Miami. Ooh, ooh! I was gonna say A and M finishes eight and four, but that's not really a hot take. The only thing ooh. that would make that a hot take is how much hype is around them. So I'm saying A and M loses to Miami at home. Hmm. Arkansas makes a New Year's Six Bowl. Hmm. In fact, I think Arkansas Ole Miss at the end of the season will determine who gets that other New Year's Six Bowl out of the SEC. 
but I'm still not real sure what Kiffin's got going on at quarterback right now. And that's, that's the only reason why I'm not uh, as, as high on Ole Miss because I don't know if that – who is it the dude from USC they got? Ole Miss, yeah, Jackson Dart. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. And then they got Zach Evans from TCU. And like I told you, I told you when they paid him all that money, what that meant was he was going to have to have discounted coordinators and, and, and discounted assistants. And yep. he lost some really good assistants over the offseason. He, he did not replace them with the same caliber of guys. That's just a he fact. He did not. He um, did and that's not. why I'm a little leery on what's Ole Miss going to be this year. It's the quarterback and then the turnover on the coaching staff. My hot take is this. I think um, this is just a hot take, and I'm really just throwing it in the dark here. Um, I think Bryce Young repeats as a Heisman. Mm. We haven't had the back-to-back since, what, Archie Griffin? Or two times since? That's the only time, a, I think. That's the only time? I think Bryce yeah. I think Bryce wins it again. I think they do. I think Bama does it in dominating fashion this year. Because I think all last year we were waiting for the bottom to fall out of Bama. Like, I th- yeah. you were the main one saying we're nobody's beating Bama. But I think national pundits across the country, even me, was like, mm, this doesn't look like the Bama vote. Mm, right. They should lose. They should lose. They sh-. And every week I think they kind of have this chip on their shoulder. I think, man, they just blow the doors off everybody and Bryce repeats as a Heisman. I mean, I know there's a couple other guys out there like people think C.J. Stroud could get it and – Will Levis has been obviously talked about early. Um, you know, it's a quarterback award now anyways. But that would be one. And then my um, – yeah, I'm just going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with that. I had another one, but I'll stick with that one. I know I'm probably supposed to save this for next week's show, but I've, I've, I've got a little – I got a little cash riding on this Heisman Oh, race. I know. I, yeah, I remember. <laughs> And I'm 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 with my boy Caleb Williams over at USC. I'm ready. To I think talk the about weapons they week. put around them. I'll talk about it next week. But I, there's some reasons as to why. Is it because I necessarily think he's better than Bryce Young? Not necessarily. But do I think his situation is more favorable to winning the Heisman next year? Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, we said we were going to get through the Big Twelve. So you want to go through Big Twelve and then call it a call it a day. Yeah, last thing, though, I'll say this about the SEC. Have you looked at Georgia's schedule? No. Georgia, shout out to Jaron Prince. I got it up right now. I think these jokers can mess around and go undefeated again. Look at it. Well, you mean regular season? Regular season, besides the... SEC championship. Yeah. I'm like looking at them, and I think it's like I've been paying attention. No one's re- – I mean, they've been talked about a little bit, but obviously, you know, the SEC is normally dominated by Saban, what people think about Saban. Kiffin's going to get some sound bites because everyone's expecting Kiffin to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Georgia's kind of getting, you know, eh, oh, it's Georgia. You know, they were, they were riding high. You know, they have to – everybody, I feel like, on that defense went to the NFL draft last year. Um, right. But they returned Brock Bowers. They got the kid from LSU, the tight end that came in, another six – like, I think they could be just as dangerous this year, quite as kept. Can I tell you why I think, though, that they're not getting as much – Yeah, go for it. 
I really think it's it's the quarterback. I don't think anyone's really truly sold on him. On Bennett? No one yeah. is. And, no one is. I'm not. And I think everyone knows that his defense won that national championship last year. And I think anytime you have either side of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Have as good of a unit as that Georgia defense was last year. Mm-hmm you automatically go into the next season going, they're taking a step back. Yep. I mean, you would almost even think that if all those guys were coming back, just because, okay, they're going to be able to perform this well that for a whole again. season again. But then the fact that you lost some of the key pieces of that defense. Um, and the DC. And the DC, who you're facing week one. Week one. Nah, I still think they win that game. Don't get me wrong. But I do too. I do too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, and then people are going to go. Okay, is is Kirby going to build a dynasty? Did he just did he finally get his just big win over Saban? Get his yep. championship? I'm looking at the schedule though, too, dude. I mean, it's it's a very favorable schedule. Really don't even. Is. I don't like Stetson Bennett. Like, shout out. I mean, you know. That defense was probably the best college football defense I've seen in a very long time. Arguably one of the best I've seen in my life. Offense, I I mean, and they have some playmakers on offense, but it wasn't, I mean, it was a George Pickens, is that his name, the wideout who's killing it out in Pittsburgh right now. So, that I mean, that team just felt like it was, like, prime to win it, like, on both sides of the ball. Unfortunately, the offense got over-highlighted by the amazing defense. But I'm looking at what they bring back next year, and it's not like they are just bringing back scrubs. Like, very favorable schedule, good talent. I mean, I think Stetson Bennett has to, like, play better than he did last year yeah. um, to give them a chance. But I think Georgia could. I mean, honestly, man, I don't really see too many teams on their schedule. I'm like, oh, they're going to lose that game, or that's going to be a 50-50 game for me. You know who I think they lose to? On this schedule, Tennessee. Yeah, that's exactly who I was going to say. <laughs> that's Tennessee. crazy. That's yeah, that's the, the team that's, I would pick. That's, that's the, the one w- game I was like, mm. that's the one game I'm looking at. Going okay, and here's why: because I think Tennessee comes into that game. Uh, let's see, they're going to come into the game probably one, two, three, four, and two. I could see him coming to that game five and three, you know, yeah. four and two. Like, cause they're just crazy. If they somehow come into that game six and oh, and like it's a top five matchup, I think Georgia kills them. What yep. I think it is though is I think Tennessee comes in that game four and four, five and three, and they win. I, I, I could see that. Is it at but, Tennessee? No, it's at Georgia. That's what I'm saying. I think if it's a big Ooh, game, Georgia kills them. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, I'm saying I think that could be a game where where Tennessee sort of sneaks in there and steals a win, outplays what their record is showing. Yep, which they showed quite a few times last year. Though, if you looked at them, it always felt like they were primed to do like the Bama game. Mm-hmm. When we were texting, we're like, "Oh my God, is this about to happen? Are they about to beat Bama?" And they just what was it the Ole Miss game? Same thing. Like they had a couple games last year where you were like. Same old Tennessee, but in your mind, you're like, not same old Tennessee, because normally right. they would have fell apart a lot earlier in this game. That That's what has me like, I could see them still in the game against Georgia. 
I mean, they don't even have any trap games. I mean, the only game that I think could be considered a trap game, I'm not even going to give Vanderbilt the the Mm-mm. time no. of day. But the only game is if Kentucky runs the table, and maybe not necessarily runs the table, but wins enough that going into that Kentucky game, them mm-hmm. and Georgia is for the East. Like, it's the second to last game of the season. Yep. And it would be for the East. I could see playing at Mississippi State being um, a trap game, but I don't. I, Kirby Smart's defense is not going to lose to the air raid. I, I just don't see that happening. No. Because Leach is a guy that he goes and he's going to do what he does, period. He's going to yep. do what he does. And the type of athletes and the, and, and the scheme that Georgia runs. I mean, they could rush three, drop eight all night and, and, and be fine. And still get pressure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, okay. Anything else on the SEC? No, no, I'm done with them. All right. Let's hit the Big 12. I'll probably go a little more fast and furious for time. Man, I mean, it's funny. I'm looking at the Big 12. I'm looking at my notes. All right. You want to kick this one off? You can kick this one off. Yeah, who do I think is going to win the Big 12? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, my brain wants to say Baylor. Love what Iran is doing down there. Here's what I'm going to say, though. I'm going to say your favorite team in the Big 12 is going to make a run. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm... I'm going with good old boy up in Ames, Iowa, Iowa State, oh, and Matt Campbell. <laughs> oh Lord! Have I, you looked I, at their schedule? I mean, no, I don't. Southeast I, Missouri State. I just read Southeast Missouri State, then Iowa, then Ohio, then Baylor at home, then Kansas, then Kansas State, then Texas, who I don't believe in. Um, OU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Tech, TCU. It's not a bad schedule, man. Yeah, it's not exactly murderer's row. Yeah, it's not a bad schedule. And if this is the Iowa State team from two years ago, because I think uh, from Iowa State team from two years ago where the ball kind of bounces their way on a couple things, I think, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be shocking if you're at the end of the season you're like, Iowa State's fighting for the Big 12. Would not shock me one bit. Uh, I think... Not one bit. I don't believe in Texas. I believe in Baylor. I'm interested to see what Venables does at OU. I'm interested. I don't know. Don't think it's going to be a complete tank job. Don't know if he'll pick up right where Lincoln Riley left off. So it's open for somebody to come for that number two spot. I'm like, Campbell, why not him? Um, Because Iowa State's going to go six and six probably. I'm looking at the <laughs> schedule now. I don't see it happening. Um. I just don't see it happening. I mean, they're going to lose to Iowa to start the season because that's just tradition. Lose to Iowa, whether college game day is there or not. Um, <laughs> so that's not your dark horse. Like, that's who you're picking to win the conference. I Man, deep down inside, I'm believing in Matt Campbell. Oh, Maybe because okay. I'm still off the – if Jim Harbaugh would have fired him, that's who I want it because he's a culture builder guy. And he had an unusual off year last year. Um, Because after they lost Oklahoma State like week four, it was like downhill from there. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going. Because I, want, I wanted to pick Baylor. I, I really wanted to pick Baylor. I believe in Baylor. You know what? I was like my 1A1. I don't know. It's between them and Baylor. But for the sake of podcast content, yeah. I'm picking Well, they Iowa beat State. Oklahoma State last year. Did they? Oh, yeah. that's right, because I bet Oklahoma State to win the game. They, they lost to West Virginia. And that's, that's what it was. It's yes. Come on. Yeah, because what did that's they go last came year? Around. Seven and six. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I I was I really want to pick Baylor to repeat as well. Uh, I think what they're going to be able to do offensively mm. uh, is going to be much more diverse than what they were able to do last year, just because – the the kid who came in and played the Big Twelve Championship is is who's gonna be the starter. Yep. But I, I like OU to win it all, man. To win the Big Twelve this year. Mike um, Venables year one? I I think so. Because first off, it, it they weren't in a bad spot to begin with. Now, there is a question mark at quarterback. But like, let's be honest, there was a question mark part way into the season last year at quarterback. True. I mean, if you think about it, there was a quarterback controversy by the Red River shootout and before then, really. And that's a team that still could have played for the Big 12 championship had they had a defense that just did not suck. Yeah, that's true. I I feel like what they're going to do offensively, it won't necessarily be what Lincoln Riley did, right? It's it's Levy, who he's comes from that Art Bryles tree. He's been under mm-hmm. Kiffin the last couple of years. He's finally in a position where he's able to do, you know, he's it's going to look like what he wants it to look like. He's got a guy, he's got his quarterback in who knows the system from when they were yep. at Central Florida together. And I think this defense is going to be significantly improved. I think that I if you look at what Venables did at Clemson, when he took over Clemson as the defensive coordinator in his first year, I mean, they jumped up the 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 national rankings in sacks, quarterback pressures, um, points allowed, and then as he continued to stay there and build that defensive front, then they got to the mm-hmm. point where they had just some of those just unmovable defenses. defenses. Yep. But I think, yeah, OU has they have the talent on that side of the ball, and what's crazy is. Some of those guys were moved around so much last year because Grinch's philosophy was like he wanted as much speed on the field and it was mm-hmm. this speed ag- speed aggression or something like that. And mm-hmm. it kind of just turned into guys who ran all over the place but couldn't tackle. And I think right. what Venables and his defensive staff have already done is really you know, instilled some fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And I think if OU's defense can just be fundamentally sound in Venables' first year – they're going to have what they need to win the conference. Now, what do they do beyond that? I don't know. Right. I'm not saying they're going to go into the conference championship undefeated. I'm not even saying they go into the conference championship as the as the number 1 team. They may be that yep. number 2 team. But I think they win the I think they win the Big 12 in his first year. Uh, I think what he's coming in gearing up for is the SEC and and, and that level of competition yeah, for sure. And obviously, it's to be determined how that how that's going to actually unfold but i do i think ou um i mean keep in mind this has been a team that's dominated the conference for the last for forever yeah decade. five yes. six years uh then last year it's kind of that anomaly they they lost to oklahoma state in a mm-hmm. what, 37 34 game or something that's like that game. i mean that if they could have just had a defense on the field 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's my. But man, I, I do want to go with Baylor. I love Baylor. I love what Aranda's doing him. there. Um, they kind of have that small man mentality where mm -hmm. here, here we are picking against them after they just right. won it all, <laughs> won the conference, won the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Um, heck of a team, man. You know what? I'm going to call it this way. I'm going to say, oh, you and Baylor in the Big 12 championship. And I'm going to mm -hmm. give Baylor. I'm going to pick Baylor. I'm, I'm flip-flopping right here live on air. Yeah. Baylor like beats Aranda, OU though. in the Big 12 championship. I like Aranda. I think for for content sake, I'm picking Iowa State, but I do like Aranda. I mean, I like – I mean, bro, that, that Big 12 championship game last year was so good. Like, yeah. to me, that was one of the best championship games. It was yep. so good. Um, I like what he's building. And I think I think he he understands like man he's he's in a driver's seat right now with this new Big Twelve that's coming along like he actually might be top dog when this thing shifts and he's built he's and here's why I you know what I agree because I don't know if you know they've been able to keep their top rated quarterback commit coming in for the next mm -hmm. year after he exploded I think that says a lot for what he's building there um, yeah. I think recruiting is a good symbolism for what's happening in the program a lot of the time so you know you're I agree with you I mean. Yeah, Baylor. I want to flip back the other way again, too, because I'm thinking about, like, they're, they're All-American players from defense, Jalen Peasley, yeah. Terrell Bernard not being – but I, I, I'm i not going to keep doing that. So Yep. All right, who's your bounce back? <laughs> Big 12. Texas Tech, man. Dang it. Texas Tech. Is that who you had? Yeah. <laughs> I, ahead, I just like I like I'll... I like McGuire, man. I like what he's building. Yeah. Um, obviously, shout out to Braden Cheryl. He sends me like Texas Tech stuff all the time. He's a big Tech fan. Um, and last year he sent me stuff. I'm like, bro, I don't care about Tech. But um, for what McGuire's like really doing, the way he's recruiting, some of the stuff I've been reading, how he's been able to um, like reconnect with some of the high schools that they lost touch with. Mm. Uh, man, I just you know I think he's the perfect. It's kind of like uh, Mark Adams is the perfect basketball fit for Texas Tech. That's how I feel about McGuire. I feel like he's the best football fit. Like I feel like Texas Tech is a it's an interesting job because we highlighted last year. It's like not it's like further away from the like huge pool of talent Texas has. So you have to be like a unique guy in a unique situation that understands that part of Texas um, to sell it. And I think he's the best guy, man. Great sounds like some great things are coming in from the inside, culture wise. People seem to be super pumped about it. Um. Yeah, they're they're kind of my dark horse. Like they and they always have talent. Now they're not elite like UT, OU, Baylor, some of those guys. But I think, man, I think that's my dark horse pick. Man, I kind of like what's going on out there. I mean, I do too, and I agree with everything you just said. But I guess if I have, I didn't even have a one B. But since I now need to have one, I'm gonna go TCU and Sunny Dykes. Uh, um, I think they bounce back. I think they were three and five in conference last year. Something um, like that. Five and seven, maybe. I don't think they made a bowl game. <clears throat> so I think they bounce back, meaning they get to bowl eligibility. I have no substance to support my thinking on that <laughs> other than any coach that can go 30 and 17 at SMU. Yes. Surely they can come into TCU, take the talent that's there, and, and, and um, you know, at least get bowl eligible year one. And that's the thing. They were, they were one game away from being bowl eligible. So I got TCU as my bounce back. And I feel like I need to say my dark horse first before you take mine, but I'm going to let you go first since you've been going first no, go in the Big 12. Go ahead. You can do your dark horse first. Kansas State. 
I was actually high on them. (laughs) I was actually high on them. If you look at K-State, let me pull up where I just had them. And and look, everybody's, you know, Kansas State is really everybody's Big 12 dark horse right Mm -hmm. now. But they had a strong finish to the season. Um, Not finish. I mean, they, they tanked their last two games. Yeah, uh, to to Baylor and Texas, but they they beat LSU in the bowl game. Prior to that, they had a I think a four game winning streak. They're returning arguably the best running back in the conference, one of the top mm-hmm. running backs in the country. They've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball that that that, that are special that are coming back. Um, brought in Adrian Martinez. They brought in Adrian Martinez, and they promoted Colin Klein to offensive coordinator. So I. What a throwback name. Yeah. I know. I so like I, I, I'm thinking, I mean, they got South Dakota, Missouri. Missouri, that's not going to be any slouch, but they've got them at home. Mm-hmm. Tulane. And then they're at Oklahoma early. Then they've got Tech. I mean, their schedule's not the most favorable. Having to play at Baylor, at Iowa State, and at OU. I mean, yeah. Those three right there, that might be. But, I mean, last year, it's like if they could have just converted a one-yard play, I think, against Texas, like a couple of times they missed it. They win that Texas game. Um, They they lost to OU by a touchdown. Uh, Oh, that was a good – yeah, that was a good game. Yeah. That's my dark horse. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with TCU. I like Sonny Dykes. I haven't done a huge deep dive into what he's done out there in Fort Worth, but, I mean, if he did anything like he did at SMU with the whole recruiting prowess with the transfers of coming back home, which I'm sure he didn't stray too far away from that strategy in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, And I like Sonny Dykes. I love what he did at SMU. Um, I think, you know, TCU has never been short of talent. Now, you know, you don't have a cupboard full like Texas may have, but you got enough guys that can – I mean, they almost beat OU last year. Um, so they got talent on the field. Sonny Dykes, his team, I think, always punches above their weight. Um, yeah, that that would be my dark horse. All right. Well, what's your hot take? I think you're going to like this one. Might be hot take this mine. year – is by the end of the season, season, Sark is fired. Ooh, that's not what mine is, but it's in the same ballpark. I I think this goes back to our theory from season one, so our day wonders would know this. Mm-hmm. There is one name Texas alumni and board members and regents have had their eyes on, I'm sure, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There is one name who is quiet as kept, has faded out of the spotlight and has kept himself out of some trouble over the last, what, it feels longer than it has been a year, but it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year, and it's been pretty hush, no problems. And if he can get through this next year kind of quiet, I've you said it, I've said it, I think Texas has their eye on Urban Meyer. Yep. I think Sark has a short lease. I do not think Texas is going to have I do not care if Quinn Ewers is there. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes comes up and shows up. I think Texas is not going to be good again. I don't buy the hype. I don't buy the all gas, no breaks. Buy none of it. And I think maybe they win seven games. I think they're bowl eligible. 
But I think from what I feel like outside looking in, clearly have no inside context at Texas. I think they're already kind of over Sark and they're kind of like they're he's just biding his time because Texas people think they're better than what they are. And I feel like if yeah. he doesn't get the nine, 10 win season and they get to have the we're back moment, I think he's out, man. Seven wins and he's gone. So my hot take is Texas goes six and six. Okay. okay. But I don't know if that gets Stark fired because they all want Arch Manning. And by they, mm. I mean all the boosters, all these stakeholders mm. involved with the program. They True. all want Arch Manning. So that might keep him around. But six and six, and I got the schedule up right here. They're going to lose to Bama. Dude, I think they lose to UTSA. I wouldn't I, be shocked. I, I think I they lose be. to UTSA, and that's when I think the wheels really start coming off. But I think they lose to Bama. I think they lose to UTSA, and if they don't, they're going to lose at Texas Tech the next week. So I think hmm. they either lose to UTSA or at Texas Tech. I think I think McGuire gets a big early statement win. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably have a lot of momentum at that point. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like when Cliff took over Tech. Uh, he came out, jumped out to a six and O start. They were six and O going into OU. OU, I think they were either six or seven and O getting playing OU. They lost, but it was a good game. So that's two. I think they lose the Red River Shootout to OU. Mm-hmm. I think they lose at Oklahoma State. I think they lose mm-hmm. at Kansas State, and I think mm-hmm. they lose to Baylor. Now, mm-hmm. the game that will determine bowl eligibility for them will be that Iowa State game. It's in the middle of the season. Oof. But I still think <laughs> they go I think they go 6 and 6. They make a bowl. Uh, but it's not going to be near what everyone is acting like they're about to have. The kind of season everyone's acting like they're about to have. Let me ask I you this then. Close. Do you think you don't think Urban Meyer if they brought him in would be good enough to keep Arch? You oh, don't think that make the Manning family happy? Because I believe if they do fire Sark, the Manning family is involved in the new hire, for sure. See, I think Arch decommits, man. You think so? I'm not even so... I'm not even 100% sold yet that Texas is the move for him. I don't know why, but I I just... I'm not. I agree with you on that. I, I, I just... I think... Now, granted, he'd still be in the SEC. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe that's... Maybe he doesn't care who's coaching. Maybe he wants to go to Texas. You know, they had the whole video of him when he was a little kid wearing the Longhorns jersey. Um, And, oh, we'll be seeing that for the next four years nonstop when he actually plays there. Um, Here's the other thing, though. Is Urban sold on Arch Manning? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I guess it depends on who Urban brings in for his offensive coordinator because at the core of urban's philosophy is a dual threat quarterback for sure. You know what I mean? He is a option guy. Like he's a triple option spread Mm -hmm. option guy. Now 
He brought in Ryan Day, who really opened up the passing game, and that's when Dwayne yep. Haskins threw for like 50 touchdowns. You remember he still won with Cardell Shotgun Jones. Yeah, but but that wasn't his starter. His starter that wasn't the starter. Barrett was went JT down. Barrett, which yeah, is Barrett a, was his starter. And then they they tailored things around, but the, mm-hmm. they tailored things around uh, Cardell Jones, right? Cardell Jones, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that team also, I mean Zeke. Zeke was unstoppable in college. He, he was that, that <laughs> season. He was pretty un- amazing. So, I think I think Arch. Honestly, I'm with you. If he decommits from Texas, I'm telling you, I think he goes and plays for Saban. Because hmm. hmm. he he was from what I've read. You know, they took that other kid. I can't even remember his name. Him and Arch are in the same class. But, like, they jumped on that other kid once it was, like, kind of clear that Arch was probably going to Austin. Mm-hmm. So they took the other kid. But he was, I think, the number one guy on their board. I could see that. I, I Makes sense. I, why not I, go to Bama? I feel like on paper, Georgia makes so much sense until you start looking at how Georgia just destroys good QBs that go there. Mm, I mean, who's the guy they just had? Was it JT Daniel? Or what's the kid? J- yeah, he was kid? a five-star. They it's had a five Justin star, Fields. Man. Let him yep. go. Like, Kirby, what are you doing? Yeah, because who they play over Justin Fields? They played, um, uh, what's the guy that plays the backer for Buffalo? Not East. From. Jake From. Um, yeah. Come yeah. on, bro. Come yeah. on. Come come on. Now, um, I had to pay the price for it because he became a Buckeye. But, like. Right. You you played Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. I can see him ending up at Bama or completely left field. Well, not really because he visited there. If Dabo can bounce back. Right. Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, he can go to Clemson. Yeah. I just – I don't think Sark makes it past this season, bro. I'm not sold. Texas is very impatient. I think they're going to want something. They want to feel comfortable going into the SEC that they're ready to compete. And if he goes six and six, I don't feel comfort. The only reason why I think he got some insurance is because of this recruiting class he's coming together. That's the only reason why. I think that was his insurance was 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 this class that he's putting together. Even though, if you look at the eighteen and nineteen classes, they were both top three classes, and then in twenty twenty one they go five and seven. I mean, that's just Texas. That's just what happens, you know. Underachieving. But we'll see. It's about to be an interesting season. All right, man. You got anything else? No, man. It's just good to be back. This is the longest episode we've ever recorded. Um, <laughs> still a still a good episode. Uh, man, we're hey, just we, glad we, to be back. We still got two conferences, too. <laughs> <laughs> still got the Pac-12 and the ACC, which I'm excited about the Pac-12, though. I, I know too. they get a lot of crap with Pac-12 after dark, but I think the Pac-12 is going to hey. be like, very good this year. I That's think this is going to be a really good year. I'm going to do a little more studying. I got most of mine. I'm going to do a little more studying for next week, but I'm really looking Same. forward to next week's Pac-12 ACC. We're going coast to coast next week. We'll also talk some general uh, college football season predictions, and we're going to look ahead to week zero, bro. Can you believe yes. that? God, it's crazy. And it's almost a year anniversary of our first episode. Yes, it is. Yes. All right. Well, 
All right, well, until next time, make sure you hit that follow, that subscribe. Man, we didn't drop any of our stuff. It's all good. <laughs> Straight it's coming out of screen. off season. Yeah. <laughs> it's been all over the screen for the last two hours. So That's true. That's true. Hey, make sure you follow us. Make sure you share, like, comment, send it to a friend. Until next time, uh, well, there's no wins to enjoy yet, so I can't hit you with my tagline, but we'll see you next week. Peace. Hey, college football. Hey, I love March Madness. Hey,